This is the Red Mist Podcast, a Liverpool Football Club podcast run by the fans for the fans. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Red Mist Podcast with me Sishadri and welcome to the post leads episode. Yes, we are here after a, after a little bit of a hiatus I've got to say and I will explain myself but we're here after Liverpool beat Leeds 3-0 at Ellen Road. A 10-man Leeds and we'll get to all of that all of that stuff, the talking points from that game as well. Uh, but before I do, I just want to uh, explain my absence over the last couple of weeks. Obviously, um, I missed the Chelsea. I mean, I didn't miss the Chelsea game. I did watch the Chelsea game, but like I watched, um, I, I did watch the Chelsea game, but I was in the process of moving cities um, to live. I am back in England, by the way. I am back at uh, Newcastle. So I was in the process of moving cities. Um, I, w- I, had, I had some personal obligations to attend to and that's kind of why I couldn't uh, get to doing an episode uh, for Chelsea. I couldn't get to doing an episode during the international break as well. Obviously, uh, if you guys know me, you guys know that I'm also a fan of the Women's uh, women's Super League. I'm also a fan of uh, Arsenal in the Women's Super League. So their season has also started and I haven't been able to get to that either. So which is kind of a, little, which is kind of a weird thing, but um, it is it is what it is. Um, so yeah, that, that basically explains my absence. So um, I'm here now. Uh, hopefully we should be having regular episodes from now on. Uh, this, of course, being the first of those lot. Liverpool beat Leeds United 3-0. So we're going to get into all the talking points of uh, that game, including the fact that Mo Salah reached 100 goals, uh, including Harvey Elliott's injury. A uh, couple of important points from the starting lineup. Um just stuff from the game, how Leeds played, how Liverpool played, and you know, just just the whole game as such. Uh, so we're going to get to that, and uh, we're going to talk about all of that stuff in detail. So that that should be to, uh, the the agenda for this episode. Following, of course, uh, following this, of course, is the fact that we have a Champions League game against AC Milan as well. So we might actually touch on that if the episode isn't too long. Um, but yeah, we'll get to it. The Champions League is a separate topic on its own. So obviously, you know, we, we might actually do a separate episode on that as well. Uh, but that is it from my side for the intro. Let's just get right to it. So, of course, we're going to start off with uh, the lineups released by both teams. A couple of important changes on either side. I think uh, the first one for Liverpool, obviously, is the fact that Jordan Henderson was not starting. Thiago started instead of him. Uh, alongside Harvey Elliott and Fabinho, which is kind of an interesting decision because I, I do feel like um, this kind of entail that instead of, you know, instead of having a workman midfield, which which I think is what Henderson would have given, I think the fact that Harvey Elliott, you know, Jurgen Klopp's placed his confidence in Harvey Elliott and said, okay, we're going to start with this guy. It's, it's a lot more creative as a midfield. It's a lot more fluid. There's a lot more options in midfield. I feel like which might benefit, I think, I think, more than Leeds, I feel like this midfield would have um, done a lot better against a team like Burnley, for example. Uh, it would have given another dimension to the attack, um, which is kind of what Thiago and Harvey Elliott kind of do. They're very, they're much more creative than, let's say, the likes of uh, Curtis Jones or Jordan Henderson, for example. So uh, they they bring different qualities to the team, which uh, which is fine. I mean, and, and I get like a part of me gets why Harvey Elliott played. A part of me does like a part of me agrees and a part of me disagrees. I think. Um, a part of me agrees because I feel like with the amount of space that Leeds does offer, you know, when they play man-to-man, you know, you kind of trust Harvey Elliott to win a one-on-one battle, even though he's quite young, very inexperienced at the Premier League level, but he is a mercurial talent. So, 
you do kind of trust a, a, a guy of that nature to win a one-on-one battle which which is kind of what leads would subject you to because they do go very uh deep into man marking they they're very sort of stuck to that philosophy really so i do get why harvey elliot uh, started on the other hand i would say um given how the flow of the game went uh, especially until at least until uh, the red card happened um i would say a lot of the time we were forced to bypass the midfield which i which i would have anticipated even before the game i think um because we, i don't think we would have won that midfield battle even even if it was henderson there like generally i don't think we would win a midfield battle i feel like with the amount of open space that uh leads leave at the back i feel like going sort of not route one football but i feel like going directly from van dijk to salah or van dijk to mane or matip to mane or matip to salah i feel like that would give us more options and it would make us more of a threat which is kind of what happened in the game as well uh so i do i do really like that uh so i don't quite understand why henderson uh, didn't play i would have expected him to uh but there's also the thing of you know we've got ac milan coming up on on wednesday so maybe he's being rested for that you know it's just it's it's a it, there's a lot of permutations and combinations there's a lot of reasoning that goes into all of this uh and obviously i can sit here and speculate but only jurgen klopp knows the actual reason why um so that was kind of my surprise on the liverpool starting lineup uh, as far as leeds go i think i was a little surprised pascal stroik didn't play obviously he did come on later on and had a an eventful game let's say uh but obviously i was a little surprised he didn't play uh i did think he would start i think he started every single leeds game till now um so it was kind of surprising to see him left out diego lorente obviously came in liam cooper uh, alongside him at center back junior firpo at left back which i thought um you know defensively i, I think mosala was going to give him a lot of issues uh, mosala was going to give junior firpo a lot of issues i felt like and it, and that's how it transpired you know uh, a lot of our attacks came down the right hand side during the game so down our right hand side their left hand side so um yeah I do feel like uh, Junior Firpo was a little bit of a weak point in that defense. Uh, Luke Ayling didn't have a great game either, um, but he was all right. Like he, he did better than I suppose most people. Uh, he did better than most of the other three people in the back line. So um, yeah, I mean uh, a little bit surprised at the Leeds and Liverpool lineups, but that is pretty much uh, what it is. I think the rest of the lineups I think was pretty expected. Uh, I wouldn't go so far as to say there were any major surprises there. uh but the game itself obviously unfolded in in a little bit of a surprising manner i thought aside from the first 15 minutes or so i don't think leeds were ever really in the game i think uh, the red card obviously compounded things for them but uh, i think even before that liverpool were by far the better team like it wasn't even close which which is really surprising because the last two times we've played them in the premier league obviously uh it was there was the opening game of the season last year and that was a 4-3 win for us uh thanks to a sort of a late penalty that rodrigo conceded and uh, later on we went to elland road and you know that was the european super league that debacle was happening around that time and that was a 1-1 draw if i'm not wrong um so it was kind of surprising the leeds were so inferior in this game especially pl- considering they were playing at home with the crowd behind them and uh, the atmosphere was obviously quite in- intense it was as you would expect it to be for a leeds liverpool game two giants of english football obviously um but yeah i i felt like liverpool never really were i mean there were moments when they were tested but they, there was no sustained period of okay can this liverpool team survive what leeds are giving them right now and it, there was no real sustained pressure from leeds 
Uh, there were moments, and obviously, I think you can point to Rodrigo's chance, uh, which he hit straight at Allison. Obviously, there was that. Uh, I think Patrick Bamford had a couple of um, cu- couple of good runs into the box. Obviously, was was a couple of inches away from you know, scoring a goal. Uh, so yeah, I mean, th- there are you know there are elements, there are moments where Leeds looked a little bit better than us. Um, but generally, I feel like Liverpool dominated that game, and it wasn't it wasn't really that close uh, between the two sides. And um, obviously, the first goal was from Mo Salah. Um, brilliant play, by the way, from Joel Matip to start things off in that goal. And I think uh, I think it stemmed from the fact that Rodrigo, obviously, you know, was probably tasked with tracking Joel Matip. He just decided not to. And Joel Matip was suddenly in this acres of space because everyone, you know, they got their man marking wrong. Leeds got their man marking wrong, and everyone was Matip was basically in acres of space. Got forward, wasn't really closed down. Even you know, probably twenty five yards from goal, he wasn't really closed down. Um, gives the ball, and you know, ultimately the ball ends up with uh, Salah, who puts it in. You know, it's it's a pretty easy goal. Gives the ball to Trent, obviously, with his assist. Uh, and and Salah puts it into the net from point blank range. Uh, I, I mean, you don't expect Mo Salah to miss all that. Hundred goals for Mohamed Salah as well. Second African to do it after Didier Drogba. Um, I think he's the fifth fastest in Premier League history, and obviously this includes his time at Chelsea as well. So he had a few Premier League appearances there. Um, so you know, if you just consider the Liverpool period, which is kind of when he got most of his goals, uh, it's it's a remarkable record and. Um, you know this man, I, I, and I know he's gonna pass under the radar because obviously you've got the likes of Ronaldo, Bruno Fernandez, and you know guys who like the limelight. I suppose guys who kind of hog the limelight a little bit, Kevin De Bruyne. You've got guys like that, but Mosala is one of the best players in the world. One of you know at least top five, if not top three. Um, so for me, yeah, I mean this this man is just. I think he's at the peak of his powers at this point. I don't know how long this is going to be for, and that's a, a debate for another day. But I do feel like Mosala is at the peak of his powers, and this this version of Mosala is it's insane. Like he's, I I'm not going to say he's single handedly going to drive a team to the title. I don't think any player can do that. Uh, not even Messi or Ronaldo. Uh, I think you know if 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 Liverpool are going to win the title, it's going to be because of a team effort, but Mosala is, I think his impact on Liverpool is very comparable to what Messi, da, Messi did for Barcelona, um, especially through the last couple of years when, you know, they weren't really, that's, the, the star power didn't really exist. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, to me, this has been unbelievable um, as, 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 as far as Liverpool career goes anyway. Uh, but getting right to the point, Salah, obviously 100 goals in the Premier League. I thought he did extremely well. I thought the front three looked quite lively of, uh, you know, Jota, Mane and Salah. We'll get to Mane in a little bit, uh, but I do want to talk about Diogo Jota as well. I feel like he brings, you know, he probably had a little bit of a quieter game by his standards. But I feel like his movement allowed Salah to do what he does. His movement allowed Mane to do what he does as well. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I, I thought Diogo Jota had a quieter game by his standards, but it's, it was still good. Like, it wasn't a bad game. Sadio Mane, on the other hand, I wouldn't say he... Of course, he had a goal. He did score the last goal. I'm not going to say he had a bad game. But for the number of chances he had, and I know some of them were very difficult chances, so I will give him that much of a leeway. I feel like he should have maybe got two goals at least in this game. Uh, he did get one in the end, uh, which was nice. But I feel like he should have had one more. 
Um, there were a couple of chances that he squandered, a couple of passes that he didn't play well. Just, just overall, he he's getting into the right positions, which is really encouraging to see. He's getting the right positions, making the right runs, making the right reads. But some sometimes some of his other attributes, like you know, his first touch lets him down, or he drags a shot wide, or you know, there, there's just certain coarse edges to his game, which I think if if they can, if he can smooth it out this season, I think it'll take a lot of pressure off of Salah. It'll take a lot of pressure off of himself as well, because there is a lot of pressure on Mane to perform after last year. Because people know Salah is going to perform. But there is a lot of pressure on Mane to perform. Uh, especially when you compare the fact that, you know, Jota and Salah look so good. Mane is the guy who's most under pressure. So, for for like he, for, for him, he needs this season. He needs... He's had a good rest. He's had a good full preseason as well. Uh, so, he, he should be performing really, really well um, this season. But uh, I, I just... Obviously, he's still getting into it. It's still, what, the third, fourth game of the season. So, he's still getting into it. But let's see. You know, let's let's uh, wait and watch. Let's see how the season pans out for Mane. Because, this remember, this is a guy who's won the Golden Boot before. So, he can, he is capable of doing that. It's just a matter of whether he can do it this season or not. Um, because for him, this is a do-or-die season. Like, he needs to, he needs to do well. Um, and, yeah, let, let's just see how that goes. For our second talking point, obviously, it's going to be about Harvey Elliott and the injury. Obviously, him starting is a big, big show of faith, show of confidence from Jurgen Klopp on Harvey Elliott. But, you know, the injury was an unfortunate incident. Obviously, Pascal Stroik didn't. It's it's one of those things. It's like the Son Jung-min injury, uh, Son Jung-min tackle on Andre Gomez. Uh, I don't know if it was last season or two seasons ago when uh, Jung-min Son broke. Uh, Andre Gomez's leg for a for a seemingly innocuous tackle. This was the same sort of vibe. Um, thankfully, it wasn't as serious for Elliot as it was for Andre Gomez. Um, yeah, I mean, it was the same sort of vibe because Pascal Strike, you know, you look at that challenge, like, obviously, he's come on as a substitute for Diogo Lorente who couldn't really get going. Uh, there was some sort of issue with his knee, with his hamstring or whatever it was. Um, so, obviously, you know, he's... He's uh, had to come on in the middle of the game, in the middle of the first half even. Um, and I don't think Strike does a lot wrong. Obviously, he's coming and lunging in from behind. So, that maybe that's a little bit... You know, it wasn't really like a direct, you know, 180-degree tackle. He didn't blindside Elliot. Blindside Elliot, obviously. Um, he's coming a little bit from the side. Like, it's not really a bad tackle per se. I think it's, the outcome was a lot worse than people expected it to be. Because I think I, I don't think anyone expected. I don't think Stroik expected it. I don't think the Liverpool players expected it. I don't think Elliot expected it to be that bad. Um, it just it seemed like a very mistimed. I would even say a tactical foul sort of a tackle, you know. Because um, it, I think it was on a counter. I think Elliot was going forward, and you know you sort of had to bring him down to stop the momentum for Liverpool. Uh, but obviously, I don't think I don't think anyone anticipated the outcome, um, and I think he got a lot of sympathy from Liverpool players as well. I mean, you saw Van Dijk obviously going and talking to him, saying, you know, it's it's all right, you know, these things happen. Um, and honestly, I have no doubt that you know his red card will be rescind, rescind, rescinded. It'll be overturned. Let's just use simple terms. Um, it'll be overturned, right? Uh, so that's kind of what I feel about his red card as well. I think it was one of those things where. Craig Possum was um, obliged to give a red card because of the outcome of the of, of the tackle. I think 
if Elliot stayed on his feet, if he was okay, I think it would have been a yellow at 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 best. I don't think it would have been a red. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just one of those unfortunate things. Uh, as for as for Elliot's injury, obviously, uh, Liverpool have con- Klopp had confirmed that you know there's definitely a dislocation. It's been put back into place, and he's in hospital. The question is, is there a fracture associated with it? Um, is there some sort of ligament damage associated with it? That's what's going to take some time to heal. I think, you know, depending on the severity of the injury, it could be anywhere between two weeks to probably four months. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm no orthopedician. I am a doctor, but I'm not an orthopedician. Um, but this is kind of my guess on that, depending on how big it is. Thankfully, his tibia and fibula, which, you know, the, those are the two main those are what you call the two main bones of, of, of the lower leg, you know, the shin bone and, and whatnot. Um, so, uh, thankfully, those aren't affected, at least as far as the initial reports go. So, he won't, you know, it won't be a season-ending injury or he won't miss most of the season. But he will miss a considerable duration of time for, for an 18-year-old who is breaking into the first team. Obviously, hopefully, this doesn't do his confidence anything bad. Um, I think, you know, he. I think he should take... A lot of pride in the fact that he's broken into the Liverpool first team. He's performed really well and the fans have really taken to him. I have really taken to him, for example. So, um, yeah, I just, I just feel like Harvey Elliott, I, I, yeah, I feel like, you know, he's, he's going to be back. He's going to be back. He's a young player. Things will heal faster for him. Um, you know, whether he, Klopp might take it a little bit slower, introducing him in the starting lineup again. Uh, but I think by, I would say maybe late January, February, I think he should be okay. To, to feature in the starting lineup a few times. Uh, would have been nice to have him in the starting lineup as an option, uh, especially, you know, with some of the Champions League games that are there. Could have played him against some Premier League teams. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, we do have... Thankfully, also, the other thing is, thankfully, it's, it's, it's in midfield. Obviously, Harvey Elliott can back up as a right winger if he wants to. Thankfully, it's in midfield, which is an area that we do have a lot of options. You know, the quality of those options... That's a, that's a separate sort of subject, but you know at least we do have options in that area, so it's not really that bad. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, wishing him well, really, just just wishing him a speedy recovery, and hopefully uh, he can come back stronger than before. Just to finish things off on this episode, we're going to look ahead to playing against AC Milan in the Champions League. Um, Big, big game, big team. Obviously, this is, um, I would say, the group of death in this year's Champions League. Um, I don't think it's really much of a question. Um, AC Milan are obviously second in the uh, in the Serie A behind Roma. They're tied on points with Roma and Napoli, all three on nine points, won all three of their opening games. Um, yeah, I mean, look, honestly, uh, Milan's a really tough team. Um, I do feel like Milan is one of those teams that can give you issues uh, on their day. Uh, they have the quality. They're coming to Anfield, so the opening game is at Anfield, which is kind of a good thing. Uh, and they do have a big fixture after this on Sunday when they play Juventus. So maybe that might play into their thinking a little bit. So yeah, it's it's one of those games that you kind of look forward to. You know, this is this is what being in the Champions League is all about. This group is tough. Um, this group is definitely, I think. There aren't a lot of easier groups that you could have got um, with obviously Atletico and Porto being the other two teams in this group. But, you know, this is what Europe is all about. This is what European football is all about. You want to play the best teams in Europe. You want to win against the best teams in Europe. And honestly, I think 
to some degree, I feel like the group stage is overhyped a little bit because two teams do get through. Uh, and I guess the real competition, and I know this is kind of a cliche to say this, but the real competition is from the round of 16. Um, but that being said, you know, this is a tough group. Uh, we should be beating Porto. We should be beating Milan at home at least. Um, away from home, maybe a draw might be a good result, but definitely at home, we should be beating Milan. A um, couple of things from the Leeds game that I would like to see improved in the Milan game. I feel like the set pieces were one area which I feel like we could have done a lot better. I know one of them led to the goal that Fabinho scored. It was a little bit of a goal mouth scramble uh, that eventually ended up in the back of the net. And some very questionable defending from Patrick Bamford as well. Um, but anyway, you know, they, but it was kind of few and far between. I feel like the set pieces need to be better. Um, yeah, I feel like there are... There are things that we can improve. Set pieces need to be better. I feel like we do still... I mean, I guess this is kind of a disadvantage of being... Uh, sort of trying to play on the front foot, pressing high up. But we are susceptible to long balls. And I know Van Dijk is really good. But going... Up, and I'm not saying Milan is going to play the same way that Leeds does. They're very, very different teams. They're very, very different styles of play. Um, but I do feel like that's maybe an area that we can improve. Trying not to get caught out on the counter, for example. So, maybe that's something that we can improve. Um, but yeah, other than that, it was pretty much a complete performance against Leeds. I don't see how it could have gone any better. Maybe if, I don't know, maybe if Leeds never had a shot on target or something, um, it would have been better. But that's really, that's that's utopian football, um, if I can call it that. Uh, that's never going to happen. Most teams are going to get a shot on target. So, Ultimately, a clean sheet, good performances all around. Um, and yeah, I mean, overall, I thought we did really well. I thought uh, it was a good build-up to the Milan game. It was a good confidence-boosting win at Elland Road. Um, I don't know how the return game is going to be. Leeds have obviously started the season out quite badly. Um, but let's see. You know, let's that's you know that's a problem for another day. Um, so yeah, looking forward to Milan. Um, I don't know if I'll do a preview to the Milan game. I'll definitely do a post-game um, post-game podcast. I don't know if I'll do a preview. That's up for debate. Um, but let's see. You know, let's just let's just you know let's just take things as they come. You know, um, let's just go with the flow. That's that's kind of what I wanted to say. But that is going to do it for me for today's episode. Post Leeds United episode. Uh, that's three 0 win. That's a three 0 win for Liverpool against Leeds on the same weekend that Cristiano Ronaldo made his debut at Old Trafford. Made his second debut at Old Trafford, obviously. Uh, in a 4-1 win for Manchester United over Newcastle. And yeah, I mean, overall, I feel like uh, I feel like this season is going to be very, very interesting given the characters, given the uh, the teams, the strength of the teams, the coaches. It, it's going to be very, very interesting. And I can't wait to see it unfold. Uh, but that is going to do it from my side. Hopefully, you guys had a great episode, great time listening to this uh, episode and a great day as well. And hopefully you guys continue to have great days, great weeks and months and years. And I don't know that is the weirdest outro I've ever done. But yeah, thank you.